In this week's episode, books from two companies we rarely have a chance to talk about made quite the impression on us. We love when our publishers diversify. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. What up, world? Woo! Welcome to the first episode of Cover B. Uh, that you're listening to today, presumably. I don't know. I don't know where I was the going. The assumptions with. here are are significant. Maybe they're catching up. I don't, I don't know where maybe, I was going with that one. Maybe this is one they're listening to way in the distant future. <laughs> maybe it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, welcome to the first episode of Cover B. Psych. And then people will be like, whoa, psych. Oh my God. I need to go look up all the other episodes of Cover B. <laughs> that dude got me. I don't know. We're just launching. Today's episode today. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the first episode of Cover B that I'm recording today. That's it. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> you ever go in on a bit and have no idea where you're going. <laughs> you're like, I have this bit, but I haven't built the bit to be within yeah. the bit to bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just free falling on this one. <laughs> anyway, hi, welcome. How you doing? I hope you're having a good day, a good life, a good week. I feel like I did those out of order. We're gonna talk about <laughs> comics. Yeah. And it's it's a really interesting week, and I'm excited because it was kind of a light week for new comics. We we've been getting a few of those. I think it's just kind of a short period as everybody wraps up projects and gets ready to move on to other projects not having a ton releasing mm-hmm. right now it's true. uh but this week is exciting because we get to talk about two comics from two companies that we basically never talk about it's true so it's exciting i'm, I'm excited for it first up from action lab we have uh new men number one this is written by and i'm gonna apologize if i butcher the names mariwa ayadele uh, with art by Dotan Akande. Uh, this focuses on uh, various places in Africa, mainly. Uh, and it's set in a world where uh, it seems that people who are met with near-death experiences develop superpowers. And there's a lot of rigorous laws being put in place uh, and uh draconian methods being put in place to kind of quell the tide of these quote-unquote new men uh we see the birth of a one such super person and we're also introduced to a woman whose job seems to be hunting down and containing these superpowered individuals so it's very much a world that is not excited to see these people uh t what were your thoughts My favorite part about this book is how in media res we are. We are introduced to a family that we know nothing about. We are introduced to a world with a lot of very specific uh, circumstances and expectations that we don't associate with or have any grounding in reality Mm -hmm. to understand. Um, And so you're kind of like watching this whole thing unfold with zero context and building context along the way. I mean, the book opens with no explanation. There, there's just sort of like a woman massacring people. 
<laughs> with no articulation as to why or what is happening or who are these people or who are you? What is what is going on? And I personally, as you know, I've mentioned on multiple occasions in the past, I really like when books don't handhold me. I don't need a lot of exposition. I don't need a lot of, let me explain how the world works to you. Because I want to figure it out on my own. I want to feel it. I feel like that opens the reader up to a lot more personal interpretation. It gives the reader a lot more involvement in helping to build the world alongside the author. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this book does an excellent job of that. I'm already invested. I already care. There's, like, gruesomeness that happens. The characters that are introduced are fun and weird, and some are quirky and some are whatever. There's a cat. Obviously, I love the cat. I, there's there's just a lot going on, and I really respect a book that's not afraid to be like, hey, I'm gonna drop you in this pool, and you're gonna figure out how to swim. Cool? Sounds good. Yeah, and this is something that we hit on a lot, uh, honestly, is just books that aren't afraid to do their world building kind of as they go along. Absolutely. Um, so I agree. I like that it started with, you know, it started out of time. So it started with something that eventually is going to happen. And right. it took us back to where uh, things are now. And it's, you know, it's it's another super person book. You know, right. it's it's another like take on what super people are doing uh i think there's a lot of room for really interesting storytelling in the world that they've committed to though um you know in the in the solicitation for this in the like selling blurb for this it's like some succeed many die so the whole concept of this world is that in order to get these superpowers, you have to basically nearly die. Yeah. So your superpowers don't trigger unless you nearly die. So, you know, there's curfews in place. There's, like I said, these draconian methods of keeping people inside and keeping people contained and keeping people, like, making guardians and parents and stuff absolutely responsible for everybody. Yep. Because the worry is that people are just going to go out and start offing themselves yep. trying to get superpowers. Uh, I love that idea. I think there's a lot of really interesting discussion that can happen around that. Yeah. It actually reminds me of a Chuck Palahniuk story from the book Haunted. Um, and I don't know, it's been a while since I've read that book, so I don't know if they all have names. The only one that, the only story that has a name that I remember is Guts, because that's the story everyone remembers from that book. Um. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh. But the, I believe it's the very last story that, like, the old man tells, that, like, the benefactor of the story, the uh, framing narrative tells. Um, and it's about, like, effectively one day people realize, it's like a weirdly, like, uh, science fiction-y hmm. story. But uh, one day people realize that heaven exists and it's like on jupiter or like a moon on jupiter and i'm oh. probably totally butchering this narrative but uh heaven exists it's on this other planet and we know it exists uh -huh. um and so people just start blowing themselves away <laughs> and like offing themselves the world effectively ends because they're like yo we can go we can go to heaven up here and the story is told from these two teenagers who like haven't yet oh. and are just kind of like hanging out um, and it's, it's an interesting discussion piece. And I feel like this one has that same sort of thing, you know, right. Like, uh, I don't know the, 
idea of sacrifice and how much you put into, you know, discussions of how much we of ourselves we lose by like pushing for greatness yeah. or like, you know, obviously I think Polaniak's story is mainly like a reflection on faith and the idea that like, you know, how much people put of themselves into like these sorts of like, here's the paradise, live it. Um, but this, I think, you know, has a lot of interesting conversations available about like the sacrifices we make for power and like wanting to be important over wanting to be yourself and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's a really nifty take on the, it's not just like, Oh, power pant exploded and ah, now everyone has powers. I think it's also an interesting take on things like like mutants and inhumans where you can go from like totally normal to totally super overnight like within an instant and i think what's cool is that so oftentimes they tell the story as if like being a mutant something bad and people were afraid of being put into the chrysalis for inhumans and like oh no it's something to be feared it's uh, everyone's gonna you know panic against it but realistically it's just as likely that something risky and scary like this would cause people to seek it out like Mm. i feel like i know way more people who would you know if told hey you go into this cocoon and you're gonna come out a super person you don't know what kind but you're totally gonna come out a super person i feel like i know more people that would be like hell yeah sign me up for the cocoon than people i know would be like oh no i'm too risk averse for that (laughs) you know like like, i don't i don't know maybe that's just me and the the uh devil may care behavior of millennials and zoomers but i feel like our willingness to like go big or go home yeah is much more akin to this like hey Let's potentially commit suicide, but we could become superheroes seems way more likely than the, like, you're born with a mutant gene? Oh, no! Yeah. Type of thing that has been built into comics for yeah. so long. It's it's Yeah, it's just an interesting place to put the world. This idea, you know, and we are met by a couple in this that are standing at the top of a building, and they're like, let's do it. And it's like, they don't know they're going to get superpowers. No. They're not already superpowered. No. There's no sort of inclination. So the, the effectively, they're accepting, I'd rather be super or dead. Yeah. Which, in a world, uh, especially with, you know, millennials and Gen Z, like, I, I think it's a message that really resonates with them, where we grew up constantly being told, for millennials, we grew up constantly being told, like, everything you you can get anything you can get everything you can be whatever you want if you try hard but the enough. real reality of the world is not that no and you know we're forced to accept our obsolescence we're forced into debt because if we chose the route that was debt free we would be judged for the salaries we were making you know yeah. what i mean like we were yeah. constantly told that academia was the way to go but then it's not necessarily and it's it's there's a lot of that idea of like how do you stand out and Mm -hmm. in a world covered in social media that's the case too is we're constantly uh, you know consuming everybody's 
highlights, their highlight reel, their top moment and accepting that their lives are like this. So it's that idea of like, how do I become important? You know yeah. what I mean? Look at all the creators on YouTube that are making millions of dollars. They're just people. They're normal people. So like yeah. the bridge between fame and normal people, I guess, normalcy. Yeah. Uh, normality. Normtality. <laughs> flawless victory. Um, has thinned, you know, like people just making videos in their closet can yeah. now all of a sudden be millionaires. And so that's the world that the younger generations are coming up in. And so there is this kind of pressure, especially when you get into a creative field of like, how do I get important? Yeah. You know, like what makes me important, I guess. Well, and so real, much like, of our media, almost all of our media, I think, especially as we were growing up and as Gen Z's coming up, it's all about, you know, the protagonist. It's so it's it's a lot less about like a society depiction, more about like the individual. And so we're all sort of raised, especially when you're being told, you know, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. We sort of have this like we're the protag of our own story vibe. So when everything's mm -hmm. super boring and lame, it's like, well, I did something wrong then. I yeah. failed. I yeah, messed yeah. up. If I'm not like living the dream that I was sold. Then I then I'm the failure. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot to be processed there of like, well, I can live a humdrum boring life or I can jump off this building and either die and not worry about it or turn into a superhero. And now I'm a pro tag like it's messed up, but it kind of makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's definitely messed up, um, but I, I, I appreciate like I said, the discussion. Yeah, absolutely. That is available for this. Don't go jumping uh, off buildings. You're not gonna go, get. You're not gonna be Superman. <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Okay? Especially if those rivers and lakes aren't like forty stories up. Exactly. Uh, moving on, we have another one uh, from a company we don't talk about much. This is from Zinoscope. Ooh, we very much don't talk about them often. There's usually not much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> if this were a podcast talking about covers and going, wow, wowie, then that would be a different story. Cinescope <laughs> has a very specific market that they go to. I don't know what you want from me. Uh, Except when it's Pat Shand, and then it's all written beautifully. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. Um, ow, my chair just like cut my back. <laughs> Your chairs is in a scoop fan. Yeah. Like, you jerk. I love Bell Monster Hunter or whatever. Uh, this is No Guts, No Glory, number one. This was written by Ralph Tedesco with art by Guillermo Fajardo. Uh, this is a book that opens very much like a book that uh, from Bad Idea that we had talked about on here called Monster Kill Squad. It mm -hmm. opens with uh, Monster Kill Squad. It's a group of special force government people killing monsters and zombies and stuff and they're your typical cliche monster fighter force there's like the very stoic captain who's in charge and i'm in charge no matter what you say i'm i'm in charge and cold and ow and hit the mic and <laughs> 
that's what I, I I don't care that I hit the mic because I'm the captain and I'm cold. And there's the big guy with all the muscles. The big guy who like is ah I'm I love this I love blowing crap up and then there's like the also big guy who likes to like. Play with his food. Like, I'm going to play with the zombie before I kill him. There's typically a differentiation in stereotypes between the big one that's dumb and the big one that's crazy. And that's the depiction here it's, is the yeah. difference between the big one that's dumb and the big one that's crazy. I'll, I'll go ahead and say, <laughs> don't look for any substance here. It's if you've seen Doom, if you've seen... <laughs> I don't know, any, like, gun-toting... What was the one Vin Diesel one? Hmm? The one Vin Diesel one that had the same squad that is, like, the same movie? You're fighting aliens, I think, and you have a squad. Oh, the, yeah, the Pitch Black. That one. Yeah, yeah. Same I mean, that one at least is kind of sci-fi-y, but... (laughs) um, Anyway, if you've seen any of those movies, you understand who these characters are. Yep. It's it's tropey and cliche, and I think... That's the point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's literally one point where the presumably Latin character gets asked, who pissed in your cerveza? So it's like, (laughs) or something to that degree. It's like, oh, okay. Make it through those pages is what I'm saying. Because then you get to the core of the story, which follows a mysterious, kind of brash, kind of rude, older gentleman and his young ward or rather young high school aged employee and the high school aged employee is the person we follow throughout this. Uh, and their job is clean up after these monster goons do their job. So after they go through and cliche up the page and kill a bunch of monsters in come the cleaners. And that's who the story's focused on. Uh, we follow a young man who is just trying to find something important in life. Again, we're back to that message. He's getting ready for college and being told that he needs to make his grades better. And his mom's dating his guidance counselor. And he's, God, that sucks. you know, getting bullied <laughs> and just dealing with high school crap. But then at night and falling asleep in class and problems like that. And part of the reason he's falling asleep in class is because at night he's going off and cleaning up zombie guts and vampire guts and various other monster guts and reading books about how to be a monster hunter and stuff like that. Uh, Things take a turn when they go to do a cleanup and not everything is ready to be cleaned. (laughs) And they have to make some very rash decisions which put them at odds with other individuals that are involved that are at play and i won't spoil much more it was really good it's it's a very good book i highly recommend it t what did you think i think i'm most stunned that this doesn't exist already like Mm -hmm. it seems like such an obviously good choice you Mm -hmm. know maybe not the exact narrative of the kid and like the mom and guidance counselor and how he got in this role like that's obviously you know very unique but the concept of following the janitors after the goon squad mm-hmm. seems like such an obviously it's, great idea. It's got hella TV potential. Right. And I'm very surprised and it I, hasn't happened So yet. the whole time I'm reading it, I'm just sitting there. It was great. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. It was clever. The writing was cute. I thought it was good. But the whole time I'm sitting there like, how did this not already exist? Mm-hmm. 
I don't understand how I've consumed so much media, so much science fiction, and this is the first time I'm hearing about this concept being put into action. It it flabbergasts me. I mean, well done finding the niche that should have already been a niche. <laughs> yeah, and it's it you know it's possible that there's some stories out there that do pertain to this, but I not seen it no you know and i this was cool it was a cool book i liked the character i think definitely you know i i ragged on the uh the tropiness of the monster kill squad in the beginning of this episode or of my talking about this book uh and it's it's true they're very very tropey but i do i'm gonna give the writer some credit i'm gonna give ralph some credit and say that that's probably intentional. I like, I feel like it's intentional. Yeah. The writing isn't super strong throughout this book. It's not bad. There's just moments that are a little awkward characters, like dialogue that kind of fits in weird. Could have been stronger. Um, yeah. But ultimately, it's really fun. And I like the characters. And I'm, you know, interested in, you know, the, like I said, the partner to the teenager is an older man who's kind of mysterious. But they don't go the route of making him, like, mysterious and quiet and you know kind of wizened and like you respect him he's a jerk he's an a-hole yeah and i think that's a nice touch you know and the kid is you know kind of your typical high school kid pro tag but i don't know i mean if it ain't broke don't fix it i guess you know like make him kind of a nerd but not like super a nerd like he's still kind of you know what i mean he's just very approachable just yeah very average kid um which works i yeah i I mean this was like i said it just screams tv potential to me like this is like an like a hulu original series or something like that like a netflix original series just like in the making oh yeah in the wings i absolutely agree i think i and i agree with you i think that the the characters that were made into stereotypes were made into stereotypes for a reason because i think it's supposed to be that like he wants to be one of them. He wants to be cool like the hunters and our, you know, mysterious cleaner guys. Like, they're douchebags. Like, don't mm-hmm. want to be them. They're awful because we all roll our eyes at them because they've been made in these stereotypes that we're like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, we it, it helps bridge that like connection to this guy who otherwise is kind of a d-bag himself (laughs) so i think that kind of helps kind of mold the world again without having to very clearly like this is this person this is this person like you just you dump them in and you immediately know what's going on yeah but it's it's an exciting book i like the turn that it takes um i think it's got a good narrative thrust (laughs) to it I think it's a short one. Like, I think it's only going to be a few issues. It yeah. says on the front cover, but I don't remember how I many. I think it's, it's a four be. point. Just like a, yeah, a little mini. Um, it's it's cool. Pick Very it up, different for Xenoscope. Pick it up before it gets <laughs> made into a TV show, you know, because yeah. it's got a lot of potential there. So, uh, bravo, Xenoscope. Yeah. You know, branch out more. Yeah. Just break the mold. Well, doesn't bye. always have to be about <laughs> fantasy boobies. <laughs> And I know there's stories, like the stories in their books are beyond that. I haven't, and I don't want to rag on any Zenoscope fans because Zenoscope has tons of fans. And I've talked to people who read the books regularly uh, and they say they're good. They say they like them. So it's good writing in there. I just, they've garnered up a reputation of being like, hey, here's here's some boobies. It's Red Riding Hood with boobies and, and fairies with boobies 
And look, and so white with boobies. boobies. <laughs> hey, do you like our Black Knight? Do you like the boobies? <laughs> we love you, Zidoscope. Don't go we changing. Do. If it's working for you, it's working for you. Make that money. No judgment. You know, and put out good stories. And like, like T said, our homie Pat Shand has written for you guys. So yeah, you know, it's gotta be good stuff. I've in picked there. up a few Zidoscopes from Pat. So. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta be good stuff. So maybe maybe this will be the gateway to branching people into Zenoscope, making yeah. people that were afraid because of the boobies and thinking <laughs> that it's just a booby company. Maybe this will be what kind of brings people in. Get some more, and that's what I'm saying: is branch out, diversify, diversify. Get some more like kind of general stuff, and they do this from time to time. But um, I haven't really read anything from them in that vein that wowed me like this one did. This yeah. one was just really cool. It was very so. good. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want more Cover B, you can find them on find our old episodes on our website at coverbpodcast.com. That's correct. And you can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Cover B Podcast. Once again, uh, thank you for listening. I hope everybody has a good weekend. Uh, I hope you have some fun and brave the cold i think it's supposed to be a very frigid weekend oh, pretty much everywhere there's like a blizzard about yeah. to hit the northeast uh, so hopefully everybody's safe and makes it out of the coldness uh safe. healthy and safely uh as always i have been chris this has been t yo and you have been listening to, to cover, cover B. B. bye guys bye folks